Welcome to Under the Rubble, where we talk you through renovating our 1930s property with no idea what we're doing. We take you through our experiences, our mistakes, and the stuff you really want to know, like how to deal with the stress of a nine to five job, renovating in the evenings, and still manage to function as a human being. But what do you do if your tradesperson has disappeared with your money, or how to cope if your plasterer starts randomly freestyling in your living room? Or how did we build our social media following to 25K in just six months? I'm Lawrence, and this is Soph. And we hope this helps you along your renovation journey. Under the rubble, under the rubble, under the rubble, under the rubble. Hello, and welcome to our third episode of Under the Rubble, which is a little bit mad that we actually have a podcast. Yeah, it's absolutely incredible. Thank you, everyone, for downloading. I cannot believe people have actually downloaded. I'm so impressed and so happy. Yeah, and... Yeah, we are your hosts, Sophie and Lawrence, owners of Renault number 65. Mm. What have you been doing this week, Lawrence? Um, so I have been at work. <laughs> oh, you mean on the house? Yeah. Okay. What have I been doing this week on the house? Um, I did a lot of de-wallpapering in yeah. the spare room. So we've started a spare room. Just started to uh, gut it out. We literally moved everything out because it was like our storage room mm-hmm. for like all our tools and stuff. Our crap room. And uh, now we had to take all that stuff out because we need a bit of hallway in it. So I've just been de-wallproofing. Mm-hmm. It's pretty shoddy as well. It's very damp. Very mm-hmm. All the plaster needs coming off. Um, so yeah, that's why we've been starting. And Project Extension is started again this week. So... This week, we're going to talk about costs. We start at the beginning, shall we? Yeah. Okay. So, uh, I was mentioning about the masonette on episode one. Um, we bought the house for 267 and we sold it for 315 um, We probably put 15 k into it, maybe a bit more. We didn't really track it, though, did we? No. Which is probably an error. Yeah. When we, I think when we sold, we were in a position that... Um, we could put down a huge chunk on this house, plus we could withdraw a massive amount as well, which would, which is what's enabled us to do everything, which mm-hmm. we'll go into. But yeah, that is mainly where the house price just went up. We put money in it for four years. That's kind of where all of our cash yeah. has gone. Just e- yeah. just equity <clears throat> from that from our previous place has enabled us to just go bigger this time round. Yeah, um, which is a really good idea. Like start small. Yeah. Get bigger. Yeah. Definitely, if, you, if you're, like, struggling to get on the housing market and you know the area you want, I would definitely suggest just getting anything in that area that you can afford because at the moment it's only going to go up. Like, you're only going to do better. I always think that once you've bought a house and you're on the property ladder, it's a lot easier because when you buy and sell, um, if the market is high, you sell high, but you also buy high, so it's kind of all the same it's all relative isn't it yeah it's all relative whereas if you're a first time buyer and you don't have a house for us i feel like houses were going up so quickly that we couldn't save at the same rate um for example like our property we bought in april um for an amount (laughs) that we're just not sharing for security reasons really just to make sure that um our house stays private 
Um, but then the house across the road from us sold for nearly a hundred thousand pounds more, like in six months. In six right? months, yeah. So that means that our ha- the house prices are going up so rapidly, especially in our area. That like there's no way that you can save at that rate unless mm. you're earning like over a hundred k a year, yeah. which is not normal by any means. Yeah. So yeah, that is. Most people are thinking that the house across the road probably is in a better state than this house. That's why maybe it was a hundred k more. Um, it was actually a drug den and rented out, and it was in a really bad state. So yeah, we like our advice to our friends and stuff are just really start small and just try and that first step is the worst. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for definitely. us anyway, it was. Yeah the most painful bit (laughs) it gets a lot easier to get bigger so for the first house we were in where did your deposit money come from from the masonette because that was probably quite interesting yeah um and yeah i this is hard to talk about as well because it's i guess we've had a a start in life that probably puts us ahead of other people um which is annoying it's just the way the yeah. world is, I guess. I, I feel the frustration, but we both, you had inheritance money, didn't you? Yeah. From your grandparents. Yeah. And then my, I had probably about £10,000 saved, and then my parents gave me, uh, they matched whatever your inheritance was, didn't they? Yeah. So that we could go in 50 50. Otherwise, we were going to be in a situation where you'd put in more than me and we were going to have to write that up. Yeah. So, yeah. Thanks again to my mum and dad. Yeah. <laughs> they always get a shout out. We also, it's worth noting that um, there's the, you don't pay stamp duty if you're a first time buyer thing. But we had to pay stamp duty because we could not find a flat less than the stamp duty oh, allowance. Yeah. So I think it was 250 was the cap at the time. So you could you could get rid of stamp duty if you bought anything under 250 Try and find a two bed flat in Amersham for under 250 It is impossible. Yeah. So, which I find really unfair. Um, there's a lot of things that I find yeah. unfair and that I could rant on about for ages. But um, it's just, in the end, you just have to suck it up. Like, it is how it is. Yeah. So we just had so, to pay for it. We were lucky enough anyway. Yeah, we, we were lucky. And I, I can't deny how lucky we have been to get where we are now. Okay, so to summarise, we got the money for this house from our old house. And we got that money deposit built up from savings and some inheritance money so we put out a question box on our instagram just to say what would you guys like to hear about um costs on the renovation that obviously this podcast is all about yeah. this episode you got loads of questions through didn't you yes so one of them was so how did we save for the reno which we kind of covered there like we mm. just got it it was mainly from equity from the house we do a lot of it we just do out of our monthly salaries as well. again we're in a very good position like we're very lucky with our we both work full-time in decent jobs i would say yeah so we we do a lot of it just out of our salaries but the big bulk came from taking equity out of the house. Yes, and that sounds really scary, taking equity out of your house, but it is so crucial when you're thinking about buying a renovation to have mm-hmm. that pot of money because you're still going to pay off your mortgage. You're, yeah. you're still going to be putting money towards it. You just take that money out and it will really help you. It's definitely mm-hmm. helped us. Especially if if you're taking money out that you're going to do work into your house that will improve the cost yes, of your house. Exactly. 
you're not really spending any money because you're just reinvesting it. And when you sell your house, it's going to be worth so much more that you will get your money back yeah. anyway. Yeah. So it's kind of more of an investment than it is you just going and taking 50k out and... Mm-hmm. And um, spending it on a car that loses half its money straight away. Been there. Yeah, done that. <laughs> definitely been there. Yeah. Okay, and the, the other part of that question was, um, is a loan a good idea? So we have been, again, lucky enough not to take huge loans. So we have credit card bills, but we have never taken like a physical loan from a bank. We we did, we took out a couple, I wouldn't say they were loans, but we find, we took things out on finance for our previous house, yeah. so our kitchen, sometimes you can find kitchen, and we'll probably do this again actually, yes. yeah, because we, we, our money, so we took out about 50k from our last, uh, from equity, from our last place, I don't think we said an amount, it was about 50k wasn't mm-hmm. it? Um, which is going to go on our extension, but our money will run out before we even get to a kitchen. So we, our kitchen will probably be on a zero percent finance deal. Yeah. We will we'll go we'll go and have a look at um, kitchen suppliers like Ren, Wix, what was it, Magnet? Magnet yeah. Like they all do some kind of finance deal, and a lot of them are on zero percent. So you don't pay any interest on it for a certain amount of time, and. They're, they're amazing. Like, yeah, I love yeah, them. <laughs> yeah, and it was so useful because you don't always have... Five, like, our old kitchen was five grand. I imagine the kitchen in this place is going to be even more because it's bigger. Yeah. You don't always have that amount of money. And these um, finance schemes, especially the 0% finance schemes that these trusted, like, kitchen companies give you, they're, they're a no-brainer. You get what you want, mm. and then as long as you can afford to pay for it and you make sure you pay for it, because if you don't, then that's when it mm. gets expensive. That's when they start charging you. But we yeah. did. We took finance out for a kitchen, a floor. That might have been it, actually. Sofa. <laughs> oh, yeah, we took sofa. And for a yeah, sofa. We did. Yeah. Just because, as well, it was easier for us to pay however much a month mm-hmm. than it was in one lump sum. so i would definitely recommend those but always check for the interest rate on any loan that you're taking out we're not saying loans are bad they can work but you just make sure you don't get locked in something that is a ridiculous interest rate and paying double what you you needed but we are also not financial advisors so please do any research (laughs) (laughs) it's just our experience yeah this is just what we've done because it's often you think like oh my god they've got like this huge extension like how the hell did they get money for that like i could never do anything like you can Mm. you just you take money out of your house and you (laughs) whack it on zero percent finance like it can be done yeah definitely Okay, so I've actually got another question from Instagram. Um, why did we get an architect and how much was he? So I think we got an architect because we have no idea how things work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, was, yeah, so we the process, we just we contacted a few. So um, you actually got this architect from someone from Instagram, right? I did, I did, I... I don't think they post anymore because their house is basically done. But um, I can't remember. I can't even remember their names. Uh, but we'll, they're lo- they we'll, were lovely. We'll find them out. Yeah, we'll they find were it really out and lovely. It. But they were from this area. We saw that they, we we liked what they were doing. Messaged them and they were like, "Oh yeah, sure, contact this guy." And he was so useful. Yeah. We we met with him before we bought the house. So when we were selling and buying, and we met, we put a Zoom call in just to like get yes. gauge prices because obviously we needed to know 
how much to take out of our mortgage to finance mm. the extension. That's a really good point, actually. We did talk to our architect before we were even in the house, so we yeah. had the ball rolling pretty. I think the first two weeks he t- walked in the door, didn't he? Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was very early on, and he yeah drew, did the drawings right away, but um. Yeah, and he basically held our hand throughout everything. Yes. And I think he he was expensive. Well, I think he was, so he was relatively much was cheap. It? How much did he actually cost? Do you know? I do. He So he charged us about 1500 for the planning drawings, the planning application, and then about £500 for building regs drawings. You also have other costs like planning application cost your building regs application and inspections, your structural calculations, and maybe a water application. But he charged us for his drawings about two grand. Mm-hmm. And okay. I think that was well spent because yeah. he has just highlighted so many things to us. And even with the drawings, we couldn't have come up with that and known the, all, the, yeah. all the building regs things and what you have to comply with. We went through planning, no problems. Yes, yeah, that's the important Perfect. thing. Like, we, the, he knew the right things to say on planning, on the drawing, so that it would go through. He knew the area. He knew what people had done around the corners, like, and how to get the, the application through as quick and easy as possible. Because I'm sure that you've seen when we were complaining about what our neighbours were saying on Instagram and stuff, because of how good the planning was and how good the drawings were, Everything they kind of said were, were was redundant. It didn't it didn't affect the planning at all. Thing. Mm-hmm. So although it was a upfront cost of two grand, it's definitely been worth it. And how helpful has he been throughout? Like throughout the process so far. Yeah, he's been he's been pretty. Any questions that I have, like um, very early on when the grounds people started, they were like, "Oh, you need to tell us where the foundations are going, where this is going, how far away from here." And I was like. Pete, help me. <laughs> Please help me. Just got the phone and he like resolved it all. Mm-hmm. So it's it's like having a little a little friend who just helps you with any <laughs> any questions. A little friend you, that you might have. Got I mean, a little friend that comes around. I just think he'd call you. me a friend. No. Uh, he could annoyance. Yeah, what he would call he'd call us. me a bloody pain in the yeah. arse, so what he called me. <laughs> okay. So thank you to that person who sent that question through. So as soon as we moved in costs, we did a little brainstorm beforehand to try and remember what they were because they seemed so long ago. It was, it was a year ago. So we're talking costs that like are big, like structural things, came up on the survey, mm-hmm. things that you really need done, you can't sort of avoid in the yeah. first few months. It's really good to get these things done early. Because once you... Well, well, we'll run through them, shall we? Yeah, let's go. Okay, so for example, damp and woodworm testing. Mm-hmm. So on our survey, it said that we need to check for woodworm and rising damp. Because clearly, if you've seen the images, it looks like plaster's falling off the wall. And <laughs> the woodworm, they do like little white... They're not poos, but they're like little white um, bits of wood that have come out of the... The timber, right? Yeah, it's and they, it's kind they of look like, like little um, wood turds. Wood turds. <laughs> 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 is the best way I could describe it. Really little wood turds. Oh my god! I just thought about the wood firm guy. St- oh my god! The wood firm guy with the big shoes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, 
well-known brand called Timberwise. I think it's nationwide. Yeah. And this yeah. guy, the guy was lovely. Oh, he came God. round. He had the biggest shoes on. <laughs> it was <laughs> like clown shoes. He came tripping over yeah, everything. Every, no, at this point, we didn't have any carpets. Nothing. Down. Nothing for you to fall It was over. just literally like plain wooden floors. And old clown feet just <laughs> kept falling over everywhere he went. He fell over so many times. <laughs> it was just nothing. Nothing. He was tripping over nothing. And he just kept falling over. God. But he, um, did, he did a great yeah, job. Yeah, he was brilliant. He did. Cheers, mate. <laughs> he just <laughs> needs some new shoes. Yeah. Or smaller <laughs> shoes. I'm sure there was no feet at the end of those toes. Um, so, yeah. We, we got woodworm and da- rising damp done first. We actually... I found out that we didn't have any rising damp, which was amazing. It's just the build-up of condensation. Or the windows are leaking. Mm. You could tell very clearly with ours that if you look where the damp spots are, it's where the windows are, where the chimney is, where the guttering is leaking. You could clearly see there were areas. areas, So So we knew after that survey, yes, we had woodworm that we had to sort out. Yeah. But we also knew a list of things that we needed to sort out that were major that would help us with our damp problems because you can't decorate until your damp's sorted. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So uh, the woodworm cost £900. I think it went up to £1,100, including that or something like that. Mm. Um, And we didn't have any damp so we didn't need to have anything like that fixed. Although he came, the survey with, from Timberwise was free, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was free. But yeah, you could yeah. buy a moisture meter to test it out yourself yeah. to see if it's old, damp, new, mm-hmm. how wet it is, that kind yeah. of thing. Just make sure you don't... If, if you do use Timberwise, just make sure there's nothing on the floor. <laughs> don't, don't... Hopefully you won't get a big shoe, man. <laughs> is that really mean? Next on there is electrics and fuse box... So we had a little bit of experience from this from our last place because we had to replace it. Uh, most old places, uh, you do need to change the fuse box. Yeah. And a change of fuse box about 500 quid. They don't need to rewire the whole house, but they do need to make sure the fuse box is up to date. Basically, if you do something as stupid as me and stick your screwdriver into a live socket, when you get electrocuted, you don't kill yourself, you just get a shock. Yeah, because it shuts down rather than going all the way through you. It, you can tell if it if your fuse box has an isolation switch, um, or mm-hmm. not. If it doesn't, oh, you really need to have that looked at. <laughs> yeah, yeah, crucial thing to do at the beginning. Yeah, chimney and fireplace. So the chimney we mainly had to conquer first because we were talking about those leaks. Mm. We had to make sure that the chimney wasn't involved in any part of those leaks. Um, and at that point, it meant it needed repointing. Yeah, that was a good pun. Yeah. When we, I think when the, the guy came round to have a look, um, and I was like, oh, is it really bad? And he was like, well, you know those black bits in between the bricks? Mm. Yeah, that's just holes. Yeah. There's nothing there. And I was like, oh. And then, and then he was like, that will be why you, you, the water's just literally gushing mm. in your mm. chimney and down your walls. Yeah. So major, major thing. But it was it was not really that expensive. For four hundred and forty quid to sort the chimney out and put a pot on top, and that solved majority of damp on one wall, didn't it? It was mm. amazing. Yeah, yeah, it worked. It worked really well. And the um, the the guy that we got round to do it um, even sorted out the scaffolding and stuff, which did oh, that yes. include it? 
no. I think the scaffolding was probably about 200 quid as well. Yeah, it was a few hundred pounds yeah. on top. It's annoying to have, but you need, you need it yeah. to be safe. Nobody wants to be... Scaffolding is a ridiculous doing business, right? Isn't it? Scaffolding. All they all they've done, right? Oh, got... don't don't offend the scaffolders, Lawrence. No, <laughs> they've just got it's a noble profession, Lawrence. Don't offend them because they will come for us. <laughs> they just got poles, but they're also they're like acrobats. Are you they? should have seen them when they were doing it. They were flip, they were flipping around, like jumping, oh. honestly stepping, timing across the roofs. Yeah, but they are dangerous folk. Oh, they yeah. will they will like hoist, yeah just launch themselves up on the roof no problems is, is that why you think they're going to come kill me because they can well, no, any, acrobat their way any, onto any the roof anytime I ever mention any trade they all come at me on social media yeah. so I don't I don't just clarify I have no problems with trade I, I love trades they help us out yes. they're wonderful people mm. but yes you must make a lot of money scaffolding yeah that was my point yeah yeah another very important thing when you move in is to check out your gas stuff anything gas related you need to get it looked at yeah you need we had a service on our boiler because our boiler looked like it was from the 1800s <laughs> yeah i think our boiler is actually from like 1978 or something isn't i it? think it might be older than us is yeah it? yeah well it's definitely older than us yeah. yeah and then yeah so we got our, our boiler serviced we got we had a gas fire which i would not touch until somebody had a look at it because yeah. i have no idea when the last time that was looked at or turned on and then we also had a problem with our gas meter, which the fireplace guy spotted and he got a gas, free gas person. Yeah, around. Immediately. 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 Yeah, there's, there seems to be um, some sort of like law or rule that if something to do with gas is affecting your house, hmm. they by law have to come around and fix it. Because it was a special it, guy, wasn't it? Yeah, I can't remember what it was, but there was, there's a tie on your gas meter and ours had been tampered with. Um, and he was like, that's dangerous. Like, you need to get that looked at. So he phoned someone. No idea who it, He passed the phone to me. And I was like, hi. Yeah. <laughs> and then this gas man came round and he fixed it for us for yeah. free. And they, if it's if your gas meter has been tampered with or looked looks dodgy... They will look at it for free because it is a hazard to everyone if there's something wrong with your gas. Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah, the the boiler service and to cap our fire, our gas fire was 150 pounds. Okay. Which again, g- good to just to know that your house isn't going to blow up. Mm. And the last big thing that we did as soon as we came in, and I think is crucial, is sorting out your windows. Yeah, which is actually something that you did. Because you, I, yeah, I did. I couldn't even deal with the stress. Yeah. This is this is a bit. So make sure you're comfy. This is a big, big story mm. that has just been horrible for us. So what happened was we needed new windows because they were some of them were blown. They were leaking. We knew the frames weren't put in right. So we thought let's get some new windows. There were five, two bay windows and three normal windows. Two of them are pretty big bays. They're five-pane bays. So they are big windows. And the one at the back is big as well. And we got quoted about £5,000 by this man. Um, What were the other quotes that we got? We got quite varied quotes, didn't we? There was. So the other ones were all about eight, I think. About £8,000. Yeah, I think there was one for 12 by, like, Polar Express bear (laughs) windows or something. They must have got them from the Antarctica and... (laughs) carried them across or something but yeah they were about 12 grand yeah 
But um, so so we gave it a bit of thought and we were like, let's just go with this guy. Like the guy, he seemed fine. Yeah. Guy had fantastic views on checker trade, and and he gave a reasonable price. He seemed a nice guy too. Mm. He did seem a little bit flaky. Yeah. Like he he would say he was going to be here and then he wasn't here and he was at different times and there was that that in the back of our mind we were like oh god is he going to be a nightmare but we thought I don't know we just everything else seemed fine yeah. there was a contract so yeah. we thought oh let's just go for it and that is where everything ended stopped being fine <laughs> yeah so l- let me let's let's try and remember how it works <laughs> so we we got in the quote and he said six to twelve weeks right yeah. Yes. Yeah. I think so, something like that. And I, th- I believe we got the quote maybe... It was like May last May, year. yeah. The 12 weeks came and he he um, he did book in a date with us, actually, didn't he? Yeah. He booked in a date within those 12 weeks. Yeah. it w- We had to chase a lot, a lot, a lot, yes. though. Yes, yeah, yeah. And then the date came round and... the Yeah, the, so the fitting date came round. He delivered all of the pains to our house... And I would say, like, 40% of them were smashed yeah. <laughs> or damaged. True. The bedroom just had... It was boarded up because we didn't have enough glass because all of it was smashed. Yeah. The back windows were not the right windows. Yeah, so our bathroom windows were meant to be uh, frosted. They were meant to be frosted windows and they were just clear. So, butt naked out the shower. Everyone yeah. could see a bit. <laughs> all the neighbours could see yeah, us. Yeah, because they're huge windows as well. Yeah. And then loads of them had scratches on. I would say... Every single window had a scratch on. Yes, yeah. Um, there wasn't one that didn't. Um, the the guy that came round and uh, we were obviously moaning about the fact that there were scratches on the windows. He said, uh, well, you're meant to look through a window, not at it. Yeah. That was so what I... he said to yeah. us. This guy, who's who's meant to be a person, you know, that we're, we're trading with. He's meant to have a good, like, standing. And it was very sarcastic when we said the product we've bought is scratched yeah. and damaged. The window panes that we had before were not scratched. No. So why am I paying you five grand for panes that have scratches all over them? And for you to then patronise me and say that I'm, I'm being yeah. a pain? Like, um, no. And, it, and it's worth mentioning at this point, we have paid a <clears throat> £900 deposit. So yes. that, that is all we've paid so far, £900. Um, and so far we haven't got the windows we've ordered but there are some windows that have been installed. Yeah. And then, long story short, um, we could never get hold of him ever again. Yeah. So he kept messaging. <clears throat> Every time I'd ring, I'd phone or uh, send him an email, send him a text. He'd say he's either in hospital or not reply at all. Um, just there was always kind of an excuse and until a point where nothing. I heard absolutely nothing for three months. Mm-hmm. Um, so I actually had to take some advice from the uh, Citizens Advice Bureau and they I read them the contract that this guy had broken because he said he'd do it within this time and then after that there was a six-week delay, a sort of a six-week calling period afterwards if he hadn't done it in between that time, which we did give him as well. It took us about six months before we decided to take uh, serious like legal action and contact the Citizens Advice Bureau. And they were really good. Yeah. They advised me how how to say that he's broken the contract, what I have to write. So I, start, I, I wrote a series of letters to the address that this company was addressed to, or wh- where it was meant to be, and I never got a reply. And you also sent it recorded, so that we know, we know they received it, and we know they signed for it. Yeah. 
but they never responded. So we at that so the citizen's advice actually said to us that we're actually entitled to our deposit back because he's not given us a product that we wanted yeah. at all so we don't have to pay him anything um but we and we wrote that in our letter to them yeah which they got and in the end we decided <clears throat> it was it was so stressful for us it, we just decided to drop it and thought okay well we've got five new window frames with majority of by this point we'd fixed all the issues it was just we have got scratch panes but we were like we've paid 900 pounds for like i'd say 80 percent of the job so we kind of like just swallowed it and we'll just let let him have it let it go because it's just too much stress for us right now to deal with and it's a good good thing to know that we didn't get the so we had the wooden bit at the front of our house where we didn't have a window pane we mm. didn't get that fixed until I'd sent the final letters. Yeah. Once we'd sent that, we knew that we, we did everything legally right, meaning that he couldn't come back at any time and say, hey, you, I've given you the windows, you owe me four grand. So as soon as we'd given that final letter to say, okay, this is, this is where we are, I then got someone around to fix that, that one pane window. of glass. Yeah. yeah. The moral of that story, so if you have an issue with a tradesperson, I would say first thing is, do not pay a significant amount of money up front. The deposit is fine, but it has to be a reasonable amount that you both are happy and agree on. Like, £900 for us, that was fine for us to leave. If we'd have paid him five grand, i would have been heartbroken. (laughs) And um, then we would have had to probably take him to court over it. Whereas £900 is not too bad, like... It's okay. I, I, it's actually, a, to be honest, it's a bargain. We yeah. <laughs> 900 quid for the amount of windows we got is an absolute bargain. But the stress was so painful. Second thing is, if you're, if you, if you have an inkling that something's not right about your tradesperson, probably believe it because we had an inkling that yeah. something was wrong here, and we should have been a bit stricter on him. I think we were too, like, just letting him do whatever he liked. And then third, if you do have a problem and they've run off with your cash and you need it back or they've not finished a job, contact Citizens Advice Bureau because they were so helpful with us and they guide you through the whole process. And if we would have gone further, they would have helped us with that as well. And it's completely free. Yeah. Um, one one brilliant thing you mentioned um, was how do you know if a, a tradesperson is a bit icky? is a bit like untrustworthy what are your like top tips for like pointing oh, them out it's hard and again i don't want to <laughs> don't offend any of them again love trades people yeah. we've, got, we've got some really good ones but what but... makes them good because I, I, yeah. I think the big points about knowing whether a good tradesman is not is is or not is how re- responsive they are right how much yeah. they reply to you i think that's all in the early stages that's all you can go on so when we were looking for tradespeople for the extension we would i would go on how long did they take to give me the quote were they keeping me updated so the person that we have gone with were always like checking oh, and going so nice, and going oh by so the way kind. i'm really sorry i haven't done it this week like it's totally fine if you don't get it done that week but keep keep me in the loop rather than just don't ghost me because you ain't doing it if you're gonna ghost mm-hmm. me because i just think you're gonna be like that on the job and i'm not gonna be able to contact you so they need to be like available to contact all the time their timeliness is good they show up when they say they're going to show up and also if you have any questions about the build that you're unsure about ask them and see what their response is like if they are helpful 
and they take they tell you in like your terms that you understand i find they're a better tradesperson if they try and bamboozle you with technical knowledge and like i don't know be a bit patronizing or anything like that red flag for me you're out <laughs> if you if you're just nice and helpful and answer my questions i know that i feel comfortable asking you questions on the job so i don't have to worry or feel intimidated when you're here we had a, a couple just a few more questions from instagram and thank you for everyone for sticking with us if you're still there um so are we in budget that is that's hard it's a hard one so we 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 have been tracking our what we've spent on a fancy excel workbook because we both love excel yeah both nerds big nerds (laughs) um but we didn't really we don't we didn't really have a we knew what we wanted to spend with the extension, extension yeah. but we didn't really have a budget per se for the rest of the renovation. We were just kind of going to do it as we're not doing it to make a profit. We're doing it as this is our house. So we were mm. just going to, we, we knew that we didn't want to skimp on things. If I wanted something, I want it. It's my home. Yeah. I want it. I'll save yeah. up for it and we'll I'll get it. We'll just wait an extra month or two yeah. or three to get that money. We're in no rush. But so we, we've 100% set up a budget for the extension we put that into a separate pot in our bank accounts um so that we knew we wouldn't touch that but for everything else we're just kind of waiting until we can afford what we want aren't we, yeah really? yeah rather than just putting in anything we want to make sure it's what we want mm. but so the extension wise and that it has gone massively over yes what we were hugely saying. over and i think a lot yeah. of that is maybe brexit maybe covid yeah. may, like I think right now, so we're filming, of not filming, <laughs> who do I think I am? <laughs> we're podding. Recording. <laughs> we're recording in March 2022. And I think the price of timber or materials or anything has shot through the roof. Like, it's huge. And when we did our drawings, things were like half the amount yes. of what they are now. Yeah, yeah. So we'd like, we're kind of paying double yeah. <laughs> what we would like a year ago. And... We, we've made the decision that we're, we're going to have to do things ourselves and we're just going to build a shell. We were going to build a lot more, yeah. use a trade for more, but we just can't at the moment. So, yeah. so that, just... that 50k that we've, we, we're going to do for the extension, it's about 50k, isn't it? Uh, it's probably more 70 for the extension uh, shell. VAT. Yeah, v- bloody VAT. VAT is a devil. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, okay, 70k for the extension. And we, we actually budgeted 50 um, and we, we've slowly been building that up to be able to afford that amount of money. If, if the time comes where we have to spend more, we already know that we've spoken about loans. Yes. And we've spoken about other yeah. things that we can do. So we're not too concerned if it does go over. Although if, if, you're built, if our builder's listening, please don't make it go over. Yeah. <laughs> but, but the thing is, if, if we can't, if we, there's something we can't afford, for example, the, the extension... We thought at the very beginning we'd be able to, you know, build the whole extension for the amount of money that we saved because that's what we were told at the time. But because we can't now, we're just building the shell, so making everything watertight. Yeah, and, we, that, and that's the sacrifice that we we will take. Yeah, we knew that we knew what we wanted, and it was like we could have scaled it back down, but we would have had to gone back to our architect, back around the same circle, back round planning again. 
and by then it could have gone up even more so yeah. we were just like let's just do it let's just do as much as we can and then we'll worry about the rest later we can do it at our own pace so what's a shell what does a shell actually mean oh listener? so a shell so what we're going to get so what we're paying a builder to do is building the structure but no kind of internal so it will be watertight minus the doors at the back so it will have a roof on it it will have windows in so then we're kind of left to do carpentry plastering anything like that like any Mm. any internal work will be left to us but at least the structure will be watertight and done Mm. which is a a lot easier job i mean it's not gonna be an easy job for us but you'll see it you'll see it on instagram (laughs) how hard it is yeah (laughs) Okay, do you want the final question before we um, turn off? Go on then. How do you know where to draw the line between cost and quality? That is... That's a big question. That is a, that is a hard so question. So if, if, if we took this as different way, I am definitely looking at more of the cost yeah. of things and you are definitely looking at more of the quality of things. 100%. So I think that's how we draw the line. Just whoever wins the argument, which is normally <laughs> Sophie, but that I think that's why it works so. Because I'm always trying to, you know, save certain amount of money on things. We talk about it, and we're both on yeah. the other the other scales. Yeah, that, that's that's very true actually. But I think as well, we know we have the right amount of experience now that we know what we're good at and what we're not. We've tried most things. I would say always try something because yeah. everything can be fixed. Just, just fixed and done again. Yeah. With the plastering that we had an issue with, you could just hack it off and yeah. go again. Or you can just try on a piece of plasterboard. You just try something. And if you think, oh, I really don't think that I'm going to be able to put a quality finish on this, get someone in. If you have the right tools, I would invest in the, the right things rather than struggle yeah. and bodge something because yeah. it's totally especially if you've got a renovation you'll use that stuff again yeah we should we should think about doing one on tools actually yeah um, top tools <laughs> thank you for listening to our episode about costs i hope that was useful i've definitely found it useful a bit refreshing actually you've learned some new things i've definitely learned some new things <laughs> yeah and again thank you so much for downloading and like it's it's just an incredible journey not only to do your own renovation but for you guys to be there with us it's just so nice so yeah. thank you it's a lovely little community of like wise people yeah and yeah please do message us and let us know what you think and also if you liked it please leave us five stars in a review oh yes please I, I never thought i'd be mood. plugging that but please because just it would make our year. Yeah, imagine <laughs> just getting a five star. That'd be brilliant. So thank yeah. you, everyone. Next week's episode is going to be on DIY versus trade. We are going to try our hardest not to piss off all trades people and have loads of really <laughs> terrible comments on uh, TikTok or Instagram. Just going to give honest advice about what was easy for us and what we would need the expert or the professionals to come in to do. Yeah. Nailed that. See you next week, guys. See ya. Under the rubble, under the rubble, oh, under God. the rubble. <laughs>